from Fox 8 Sports. You're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. From Fox 8 Studios in New Orleans, welcome into Overtime, the podcast for all things sports, all things Louisiana, and everything in between. Alongside John Bennett, I'm Chris Hagan, and today we are talking LSU and college football after a very routine win over Arkansas. But first, a quick request and reminder to subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends to help spread the word. Please rate and review it while you're there. And if you want to get in touch with us, use the Final Play or Tiger Huddle app to submit a question. Now let's get to it. Tigers win big. They didn't quite cover. They had it for a moment. The 42 and a half there, points. I was saying, man, this is why gambling on a 46-point spread or a 43-point spread is not wise. Dude, the, it was the onside kick. That's all that did it. It was the fourth quarter. Yeah. But they had it, man. I mean, Clyde breaks that big run. And um, I thought it was really funny after the game what Clyde said. Um, at the podium, they were going to take him out before that run. He was he was at he was sitting at 99 yards. I said, "You need one more run, one more yard to get 100 yards." And he I'm saw the, one. he saw the hole open, took it 89, six carries, 188 yards, ultra efficient, and a huge night for Clyde, but a huge night for the offense. But as expected. Yep, and uh, most points ever scored against Arkansas. Previous high was 55 in 2003. I think I was at that game. It was cold day after Thanksgiving. Um, but overall, another historic day for the offense. All sorts of marks. I mean, after every touchdown, ESPN was breaking out some new graphic. Yep. Um, new school record for touchdowns. Um, just tremendously prolific and a little slow to start. And Joe Burrow was, was disappointed about it afterward. Um, the the – it's ama- it's amazing they still find things to get disappointed in about the offense. Yeah. That's a good thing at this point when they're performing as as well as they are, but that just says a lot about this team, the standard they hold of themselves and the standard they'd held they've held themselves at since the summer when they declared they'd be scoring this many points week in and week out. I'll say this, if they had gotten if they had been on pace in the first quarter the way they were in the second and third quarter, then maybe we would have seen more of Miles Brennan in the second half, maybe it would have just been Joe Burrow and the and the true first team for the first drive of the third quarter, score a touchdown, get off the field, and then we could have seen more of Brennan. Any takeaways from Miles Brennan? Uh I don't feel like they're I don't feel like they're fair yet, you know? Yeah. Like it's just very incomplete. It it's you know, one of the incompletions hits John Emery right in the hands. He was accurate with it. He was accurate with, I think, most of the balls he threw. He only threw four passes. It's tough, man. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I mean, maybe the biggest takeaway is just what Ed Ogeron said during the week about Miles is our guy for next year, and so we do want to get him in there when we can. Um, but at this point, we just got to go off what is happening in practice, and apparently what's happening in his practice is enough for Ogeron to endorse him. Well, there was a time when I don't know that I trusted everything coming out of practice. Um, you know, the, the, the exaggerated numbers and, um, the preseason games as Ed Ogeron calls them, the scrimmages, um, signs that, you know, under Matt Canada, yeah, the offense is changing, it's developing, it's, it changed and developed, it still looked really bad under Matt Canada, um, but now, I think Burrow's given it some validity, Joe Brady, Steve Insminger, Clyde, Ogeron, they've, they've all given it some validity that, they say they're you know making improvements in practice. 
I'm more inclined to believe them. All that to say, eventually when we get to spring ball and we can see a little bit more practice, we can see more of Miles Brennan, we start getting more reports out of what he's doing in practice, I think that's what will be telling. But right now, from what Ogeron says and from Miles' demeanor, I don't know, man. Just looking at it on TV, he does look more mature. He looks like he's got more of a command. But, again, I've only seen him in for a handful of drives this year. Yeah, Given the way this season is unplayed, they deserve the benefit of the doubt. But obviously we'll still be skeptical of it um, through the spring and summer until you see it in 2020 against, I guess, a 6-5 and five Texas team. Yeah. Crazy day in college football. You want to get into the yeah. Juan's hypotheticals? Yeah. So Kincaid is not with us right now, but he's thinking of hypotheticals. Oregon opened the door, man. They they opened the door for Oklahoma. They opened the door for Alabama. They opened the door for Baylor. Baylor. Even like Michigan. Utah. Obviously. There, uh, like there's some chaos scenarios fully at play now. Oh yeah. There are. But the first now Oregon can wipe out the Pac twelve by beating Utah. Right. And then that way, but but even then, we're not sure if Utah is going to jump Alabama, right? But that's all dependent on the Iron Bowl and how Mac Jones looks. The thing is, to me, right now, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson cut above the rest. Yeah, I'm not going to say One, two, head and shoulders, but head above the rest. And Ohio State, for as much as there's been talk this season of that team is the best, they looked. A little mortal yesterday against Penn State. They did at times. Up twenty-one nothing, but then they let Penn State back in with the backup quarterback. And look, the eye test just keeps telling me none. There's not many teams that can score with LSU. Like who who's going to keep pace with LSU? Which is why I say that Alabama is the fourth best team in the country. I think there are tiers, and LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson are on that top tier. Alabama has a second tier to themselves. I want to look. Maybe I'm pro. I'll be proven wrong, and that's why you play these games, and that's why the committee has to wait and see, and why Bama just stood there at number five. But I want to see what Mac Jones does at Auburn. And Auburn's defense is really good. Their defensive line with Derek Brown is really good, and that Alabama offensive line had trouble against LSU's defensive line. I just feel like if Bama loses, Bama's going to lose because they got beat. Like, LSU took it to them and beat them. Auburn is going to have to beat them. I think Alabama is not only a cut above a lot of other teams talent-wise, but coaching-wise. And when you get into that, they're not going to beat themselves. They're well aware of their their limitations and their weaknesses without Tua. So in that regard, they're going to have something, a better game plan cooked up that, that – you know, gets the ball to receivers quicker. Um, maybe not as many downfield passes, but still able to utilize your receivers underneath and take advantage of their speed and matchups and get Najee Harris in favorable situations to run. And um, I think they're going to do that well. They win, it, it, depending on what they do at Auburn, they're the fourth best team in the country. And, like, I know LSU fans don't want to hear that because that means the Tigers might have to face them again. But it is what it is. All of a sudden, LSU is going to be propping up Ohio State. No, no, no. They're number one. They're number one. They're number one. I, I mean, I would still rather face Alabama than Clemson, Clemson. if I'm an LSU fan because I, – I think there's just some ghosts and skeletons in the closet. Th- that's and But, dude, if there's a team that can exercise those demons, it's this one. We've seen a lot of crazy stuff 
and and this offense seems to be getting even better. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is even is an even better receiver. He looks even more like a Saints running back now because he's not just running the the screens and catching balls in the flat. He's running those angle routes over the middle and um, some crossing routes over the middle of the field. Like they're getting in the ball in even more ways now. It's like after Bama. They were like, wow, 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 wow. We really do have something we could use even more. I mean, ultra-efficient. I think he had six or seven catches last night. Um, seven for 65. Seven for 65 to go with his six runs for 188 yards. I mean, yeah. efficiency machine, but just Shout out to Thaddeus Moss. Yeah. Those catches by a tight end in school history or season history for the school. Another record comes down. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I – I just had to make my case on, on Alabama. I just yeah. I've seen too many other teams beat themselves. I've seen Oklahoma beat themselves with turnovers. They got really fortunate to beat TCU at home last night. Jalen Hurts is a red zone turnover machine. Never seen anything like it. Dude looks so great, and then you get in the red zone, and somehow he's either gonna fumble or throw a pick. It's unbelievable. Two of them last night. Obviously, Oregon. Justin Herbert looks extremely Mitchell Trubisky like to me. Yeah. Can we put whoever drafts him on on? Bust alert! Oh, dude! I mean, he throws it. It's it's real pretty until you see where it's going. And God bless the rope. team that like that trades up to get him. If, if oh. anyone were to do that, like the like the Bears did for Mitchell Trubisky. Look, if you're Cincinnati, I think you got to go Burrow. Yeah, like injury. Well, either issues. way, it's gonna be a hometown guy, right? Chase yeah. Young or Joe Burrow. Yeah, you got to get your franchise quarterback. Yeah, um, you go Burrow. Somebody will take two. Uh, I guess Justin is the next off the board as far as a quarterback. I don't think that's that pick. I would. I would not want to be that team. That, I mean, it just. I it, mean, but that being said, I don't know if I'd want to be that team that's drafting Tua. Right. That's I mean, a, yeah. there's upside. You get him healthy. There's obviously supreme upside. Justin's just. Justin will be drafted because of the GMs that have the prototype in their head, of the size and the arm strength, and they want him. But the accuracy, which can get better. Um, but you know what? I said that about Cam Newton. It's like, oh, look at look at that throw. He's not even getting his feet into it. And it's on a rope. And then it's sailing five feet high. In Herbert's case, it's skipping two times before it gets to the receiver. It's skipping. He sailed some, too. I mean, I mean, remember that Hail Mary against Auburn where he, like, Practically put it in the first row yeah. of the seats. It's like, oh wow, oh okay, that's not going to go anywhere worthwhile. Yeah, it looks it looks great until you see where it goes. Yeah, so I, I, they're no longer in the conversation. We'll see if 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 a Utah win over them is enough to put them in, or if Oregon just completely decimates their own conference, or if or if Auburn beats Alabama, which I'll be curious the line on that. I mean. Mac Jones is such an unknown, but you get the ball out to any of those weapons. And yeah, they, can, they go. can take it the distance. So, I mean, game manager really personified. Um, so college football is, is crazy all over again. It is. Just it, when you thought it was a simple. But if you're an LSU fan, it's uh, it's a different feeling and it's a good feeling to see the rest of the college football world crumble around you while Ogeron is at the podium saying, we're not going to celebrate for beating Arkansas because they haven't beat anybody in a long time. I didn't see it. Did they touch the trophy? I don't think they touched the trophy. <laughs> I saw a tweet that was another week, another neglected trophy because what they what is it? The Magnolia Bowl. The Magnolia the, Bowl. The like least. I don't even think we said those. That's the first time I said that word. Probably in the last two years. I know. It's just you beat Ole Miss. Yeah. 
I, I think the tr- the labeling thing is is played out. You know out. they should have for the Texas A&M game. Do you see the first Texas A&M game? They had souvenir cups that said seventy four seventy two. Really? I think that LSU should go get their hands on those and finally acknowledge and make that the trophy. A bunch of plastic cups that say seventy four seventy two. Yeah, like that was the crown achievement for Texas A&M last year. Yeah, but we did see. Uh, I think Ogeron and Burrow kind of alluded to the fact that they'll be fired up for A&M. Oh yeah, uh, Clyde said it too. Yeah, um, you mentioned the pain that they felt after last season, sitting in that stadium and and in College Station for so long, and just being really disappointed with that outcome because they had that game. They really they should have never even gone to overtime. Uh, so a disappointing performance, obviously. But we'll they, look ahead to that on triple coverage. Yeah, that's that's certainly supreme motivation um, for the Tigers. On to Tulane, and this is where <sighs> take a turn negative town. Let's let our deep size out. Look, they only lose by three. It wasn't all bad, but they just they gave up so many big plays, like when you didn't have to. And honestly, it could it 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 could have been worse. UCF left points on the board certainly. Tulane did too, but that's the case every week. That's become the norm. Um, so they that's their first loss at home. They really talked about wanting to finish the home schedule undefeated, obviously not able to do that. Another week, another week they let go of the chance to get a signature win because we've been saying for like two months now that Houston is the signature win. Doesn't feel like it, one, because it was so long ago, but and I know, I know, they were a good win at the time. That's been It was thing. Thursday night football. It was prime <sighs> time. But, man, I mean, just beat a UCF. Beat a Temple. They're not So that's that's kind of the story SMU. is, like, the only time they really got, like, embarrassed was Memphis. And Memphis is really good. They got embarrassed in the first half against Navy. They came back against Navy. Similar, not quite as drastic against UCF. Um, that's kind of been the story all year is, like, they're close, but not really. And at the end of the day, they're now one and four since they started five and one. And keep in mind, the five and one start was a truly close loss against an Auburn team that's good. So it was six really good games to start off, and then the last five have not been good. Well, that's the disappointing part because when you start that well and, and you just you don't handle your business down the stretch, that's what feels worse if you're a Tulane fan because. The the potential is there. You know, what Willie Fritz has said a couple times now, twice in the last week, they're not good enough to just roll the ball out and beat people. Not in that conference, really not in any conference, but especially in that conference. They're not going to be able to just walk out there and beat anyone unless it's UConn. That's really one of the, probably the only team that's just a easily go out and beat team. So they've got to be better execution-wise, and that's what that's just what they haven't done. Any of these weeks, um, whether it's giving the opponents a fast start, whether it's costly turnovers, um, whether it's uh, penalties, whatever it's been, it, it's been an issue. They've shot themselves in the foot, and it's something that they just haven't gotten better with, and that's the disappointing part because the potential's there. I just wish they could distribute the ball a little better among the running backs because all those guys can be good in their moments. But, for instance, yesterday, you've got Justin McMillan, 23 carries for 102 yards. 
Then you got Dauphine, 1158. Bradwell, 926. Mari Jones, 724. Hutterson, 5 for 11. You're telling me we can't get a couple more of those touches to any of those guys who are instant offense? That's the thing. I mean, McMillan's got the legs, but it's it's only going to do so much for you. Those other guys can break off big plays. I think that's all they had was was McMillan scrambles. A lot of those are the result of just nobody getting open or McMillan deciding to tuck it and run. Obviously not 23 designed runs, but part of it's playing from behind. And you're playing from behind and you can't call the run plays and then you've got McMillan dropping back to pass and then it becomes McMillan scrambling. Uh, it, it becomes an issue and, and it's a tough it's a tough problem. It's a good problem to have at times, but it's a tough problem. We saw it earlier this year when they were rolling and they they seemed to have that balance of, one, they were playing with a lead, but two, they had that balance of getting Darius Bradwell the ball enough times, getting Amari Jones and Corey Dauphine the ball enough times, and then if you're playing with a lead, like Carroll and Hutterson can get worked in. They've dealt with injuries at running back, et cetera, but they just haven't been able to run the balls effectively. They haven't been able to get the, those guys the ball. There were a lot of you know, drop passes at times yesterday. Um, it's just been a myriad of issues. I'll say this. They have a chance to f- erase all of this narrative next week against SMU. and Shock SMU the team world. That just lost to Navy, the so they world. will not be ranked. But nonetheless, it would be somewhat of a signature win. Yeah, and on the road. It, it, would, it would be a huge boost because uh, I couldn't imagine anything more demoralizing than finishing 1-5 and five and then going into a bowl game, and depending on who you play there, you really need a win. I mean, we've seen the difference that winning your bowl game and losing your bowl game can make. LSU beating um, Louisville going into the offseason versus LSU losing to Notre Dame versus LSU beating UCF and just jumping off a springboard with that momentum um, from what they did in that game against UCF last year in the Fiesta Bowl. Just a night and day difference. And if anybody could win a bowl game, needs to win a bowl game, to get their future going and continue on this trajectory, it's Tulane. I think they're at a at a point where you can accept this year because of the expectations. I guess they hit them to make a bowl game. Still, the expectation for them was a shot at the conference. The expectation for most of, of us everywhere else was at least seven or eight wins. I don't know if they get there now. This year, you can live with six and six in a bowl game. Next year, I think you've got to be better. You're going to have a better quarterback. You're I don't care it. who it is. You, you can live with it, but you, I mean, here we are talking big picture Tulane again. But that's just where their, their but you gotta live single game it. results have left us. You know. One win. One win on this backstretch. I don't know. If, I don't think that happens. But you can live with it if it gets – if like – Almost like Marcus Davenport last year. This is the best example I can think of. Like Marcus Davenport, disappointing in year one, but you can live with it if he comes out in year two and produces. Tulane, disappointing in a season where you felt like they could get seven or eight wins, but you can live with it if they keep moving forward. If they stay at six and six next year or take a step backward, then there's a problem Yeah. because they've been recruiting better um, and they have seen the light. They've seen what, it need, what they need to take to win. They've established more of an offensive identity. They left their mark, excuse me, a little bit more in the conference, but you got to keep it moving forward. I think the jury will be out until next season. Another 6-6 six and six year, I'm disappointed because they've had the chance to get better time and time again. 
you say you, they left a mark in the conference. If you're anyone else in the AAC that's worth anything. Do you fear them? Is that no. what you're asking? No, you don't. I mean, you, you – Are any SMU fans I guess, saying, oh, I guess wow, we got to It's a light mark. You establish yourself as a middle tier. At, you, you establish yourselves as a team. You're firmly mediocre. You're not UConn. You're not UConn. You're not roll the ball out and beat Tulane anymore. It's we have to play well to beat Tulane. We don't have to play perfect, but we have to play well. That's better. It's better. It used to be roll the ball out and beat Tulane. But look, not long you get ago. one win, one upset win, and you change your whole perception. Agreed. But and that's that, where they are. That's where they are. Or if they, had, I mean, even just winning yesterday, like, wouldn't have been a huge upset. I don't know. Just do a little bit more, Tulane. Do more. Do better. Uh, Nichols and Southeastern, by the time you're listening to this, the FCS bracket will be out. Um, heartbreak for the Lions, but a really nice two straight Southland titles for Nichols. Yep. They share that title with Central Arkansas. We will see when the bracket comes out how much the committee values the Southland Conference. If because Southeastern had a game canceled against Bethune-Cookman and they don't have the full schedule, yeah. does that hurt them? I don't think it should. They beat Jacksonville State. They beat Central Arkansas. They could make some noise. Played Nichols tight. If they get in there. They passed the eye test. It's a good team. Second year under Frank Salfa. That's it's a good team. That's, it's fun to watch them. A lot of good that. teams in the Southland. So. And uh, Chase Forcade, Dejon Dixon. Future pros maybe. Future pros. Dejon Dixon for sure. Dude, that guy's he's good. That's I think that he and Racy McMath SEC were on the same ability. team. Bro, that's I mean, that that was the the team that started the car run. They yeah. they started that the the you know, three Pete, yeah. possibly four Pete, uh that car is running on right now. And those guys were ridiculous. That was the same year that Keaton Thompson was leading Landry Walker to the five A title. Ridiculous. The West Bank, man. Can we say have we said it on the record? Keaton Thompson should just transfer to Tulane? Should. That'd be cool. That'd be great. Big upgrade. Accuracy. A leader. Poise. Sorry. All right. That's going to do it for us. That'll for do it for us. <laughs> for now. <laughs> uh, a quick request and reminder, please subscribe to the podcast. Rate and review it to help us spread the word. Tell your friends. If you want to get in touch with us, especially about the Tigers, hit up the Tiger Huddle app. There's also raw interviews on there from Coach Ogeron, Joe Burrow, See Clyde Edwards-Alaire. when we talk about the Texas A&M game. Yep, it's going to be a heated week on the Tiger Huddle app. A lot of content. Check it out. For now, that'll do it for us. We'll talk to you next time on Overtime. At Keesler Federal Credit Union, if it's important to you, it's important to us. Here, you're more than a customer, you're a member. And we're more than a financial services provider. We're your financial partner with a genuine interest in your life. So whether you want the best rate on a credit card for the things you love, a home loan for the people you love, or savings and checking that work as hard as you do, we've got you covered. And that's a good thing. From Fox 8 Sports, this has been Fox 8 Overtime.